you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks. What an honor it is. And uh, with me as always, my friend, Kevin. Kevin, hello, Las Vegas. How are you? Yeah, good morning. It's a beautiful day here in Las Vegas after being in SoCal, Southern California's rainy season. Yeah, and I, I think you're going through Vegas at the right time. A few months from now, it'd be kind of ugly out there, but uh, it's just... <laughs> Scorching. Yeah, Debbie and I rented. We flew out there in 87, our first time in Vegas. My third time, I think, but our first time as a couple in the summer. And uh, we went to San Francisco, L.A., and then Vegas on the way out to see a show. And and uh, I'll never forget, we rented a Cavalier, and the dashboard had melted. So I ran to the guy, and I said, excuse me, sir, this car we rented here uh, has a melted dashboard. He said, yeah, they all do. He says, but that's as far as they melt right there. He said, you're okay. There'll be no more melting. Just don't touch it. And... Uh, I, I just never forgot that dash just hanging there all melted up. And he says, yeah, we, we put new dashes in and sell them when, uh, when, when the time comes. <laughs> anyway. They used to put carpeting on the dash. You know, you yeah. can buy this aftermarket carpeting. And, oh, yeah. I, I had it when I lived out in Arkansas and in Fort Bliss. And, but I guess they even had it out there in Vegas, to be honest with you. There was carpet and there were windshield things. It's still melted dashboards. But I think dashboards are better today. I just yeah. want to go on record and say cars are a lot better today. Even the bad ones are 10 times better than the good ones were 30 years ago. And uh, friends, we've been talking about these subjects and praying about them. And, you know, as you deal with folks with hurting hearts and PTSD and all the junk we go through, if we're not careful, we find ourselves being respecters of men. And we don't want to be there because uh, for there is no respect of persons with God over in Romans uh, 2 11. And so we're reminded that God is not about respecting men. Our role is to bring honor and glory. Now we do have respect for those people who are over us. We, we do have respect for people who look out for us. I guess what I want to say, and, and, and I asked Kevin to tell us a story about this, bringing together. He's real good at that in a minute. I guess what I'm saying is some people respect men to the point where they almost worship them. And uh, I see in the Bible in James 2, 1 through 9, my brethren, have not faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. For if there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel, and there come also a poor man in vile raiment, and ye have respect to him that weareth gay clothing, and saith unto him, sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, stand thou there. Or sit here under my footstool. Are you not beloved? Are you not then partial in yourselves and are become judges of evil thoughts? Hearken, my beloved brethren. Have not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he promised to them that love him? But ye have despised they, blaspheme that worthy name by the which ye are called. If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, and you do well. But if ye have respect to persons, you commit sin, 
and are convinced of the law as transgressors. And, you know, I think that whole passage there, and I know it's a lot of verses, it's nine verses, mm-hmm. uh, but it warns against showing favoritism, Kevin. And we've seen this, folks. And as, as people who've been through things in this world and hurt, we want to follow the person who's got the nicest uh, smile and the nicest suit and the gold raiment and those types of things. But God's reminding us that's not what we do. We trust everybody. We love everyone. And we got to be careful. Kevin, can you give us an example of how respecting men too much can hurt and get away from God? Yeah, I can illustrate it. um, Thinking, you know, the scripture that you just shared in James, actually, it it gives a perfect illustration when it says, if there comes into your assembly, one with a gold ring and goodly apparel, you know, if someone comes in just dressed to the nines, he says, uh, and you like that person better, want us to go, go to them, but ignore maybe a homeless person sitting on the back pew, then that's, that's a, an indicator that there's a problem. But, um, you know, I, I've been around people and I've been in churches, brother, where when you walk in, you're sized up according to what they can get off you. And they don't know that they're doing it necessarily. And I'm sure I've done this before too. But, uh, uh, you know, when I walk in and, 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 you know, people gravitate toward you and then find out that you're not from the area or they find out, you know, God forbid, it's another missionary. Oh, no. So that you're treated like um, you're coming in and you're not going to be uh, be able to join their church. Number one, you're not going to be able to tithe to their church. Number two, God forbid. And then number three, you're actually more like a salesman. You want something from us. And I've seen that you know, that literal, the light in the eyes go out in the pastor or, or someone in the church, you know, it's terrible. A staff person does that, but you know, that's happened to me. It's happened to me recently when they, when they just, I mean, I went into a church Sunday morning, brother, um, in the high desert. And I'm not going to say what town it was. It was not in Barstow, but it was, it was in the high desert of California. And I walked in and unfortunately, um, uh, the pastor, you know, he, I had called and said, Hey man, I'm going to come join you, join. I'm going to come visit. And, um, and so when I showed up, um, unfortunately, he didn't, he never came to me, never said anything. And, you know, he doesn't have to say anything from the pulpit, but, you know, sometimes I'll say good to have a visitor, good to have this visitor. His name is this, you know, this, he's a missionary. Yeah. Yeah. Anything like nothing. There was, in fact, when the services were all done, I had to walk up the aisle and reach out and shake his hand and say, good message. I appreciated that. And that was a stretch, by the way. But uh, as far as the message quality, <laughs> but uh, I might have been jaded a hair as well. But no, the, the fact is that, I, you know, there was a respect in my in my judgment of respect of, of, of persons there. And the Bible says you should not respect persons in judgment. I'm thinking about how Jesus, when he... When he healed a blind man, there was an instance where the blind man said, oh, I can see now. Really? What do you see? I see a man as trees walking. And and I'm thinking, you know, how often 
do we look at people might as well be some tree hey here's a tree what can we get off that tree well it's shady hey this tree has apples this tree looks good this tree you know do we see people like you know something that 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 is uh, you know we, do we notice what we can get off them or do we think of them as a soul and and that really challenged me brother when i thought the scripture is is very clear the judgment call i make on a tree is not the judgment call I make on a human, never dying soul. And uh, I want to be the kind of person that looks at, at someone, Lord, what would you have me to give to them? Lord, this is, this person drives me crazy. Why are they in my life? What do I have that they need? It might be an example of how to put up with them and not become narcissistic like they are, not become judgmental like they are, not become angry like they are, so that when they go away, there's this oil of the spirit that they can't shake off. It's left a mark on them. Yeah. And and boy, what a difference it makes. I was in a church uh, where the, the pastor almost demanded, um, you know, some level of worship. You know, you had to recognize him as the pastor. You had to be there early because of him. You had to study because of him. And uh, and I'll tell you, it was the most difficult year. I was in that church for a year outside of Fort Drum. And honestly, it was the most difficult year of my life. And so to be able to go from that, then I went to a church where the pastor's like, um, you know, let's just serve God. We do this for God. Isn't it wonderful to serve God? And boy, I'm a sinner just like you guys. Put on my pants the same way. Pray for me. I have those same problems you folks have. And, you know, let's let's get together. I really need you guys to go out in the community with me. It was just a completely different um, paradigm. I mean, really, there's a paradigm out there. And I, I don't want to assign it to schools because that's not fair. Generalization never works. But I want you to know that there, there is groups of people or pockets of people around this country who have fell under these narcissists that demand things. And, and they demand certain levels of treatment and certain levels of respect and, um, and all these types of things. And, and that's so ungodly. Uh, the Bible remembers us in Colossians 3.25, but he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he have done, and there is no respect of persons. There's no higher level treatment for God if you're a pastor. Kevin and I are no better than any of you guys. As I've told you before, I think we're a little more messed up. God calls the messed up people to serve him. I don't know what it is. It's the wow. goofy people who laugh a lot, cry a lot, willing to drive through the night and to do nothing but just sit there and hold a brother. I, I mean, I think friends, I think what I can tell you is this, you mean as much to God as anyone else. And uh, don't mm. ever put yourself in a position where you're placing someone in between you and God. Uh, that's Jesus's position. Hey, we'll be right back. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. Well, praise God. You know, Kevin, when I think about this and uh, I think about the damage that somebody who respects persons can have afflicted to them when someone falls. 
Uh, so they're respecting this one person as somewhere between them and God. They're they're following them, and and then there's arrest. Or and we've heard these things. We're not aiming at anyone in particular, but certainly you and I have heard the stories of people falling. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking about someone in my life years ago um, that really worshipped, you know, a certain a certain church, a certain. Um, influence of a certain church, a certain preacher, and and I don't throw stones at, at any preacher, but the that that preacher died, a new preacher took over, and that preacher was kind of the hero. Well, he was the hero of this other preacher that I knew. It was a really young preacher. And um and, and so long story short, that was that was a very toxic situation in this, in this friend of mine's life this past. Oh, I lost you, Kevin. I don't, I don't know how that happened, but, uh, uh, can you hear me brother? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah. We lost you when you said, and that preacher was, and you stopped about one minute ago. Uh, I wonder what happened. I'm well, um, no, I didn't lose you, but no, uh, when that, when the hero fell, that other preacher, he was bivocational. He worked a job. He he was he built ships. He worked at a, a pipe fitter for a shipbuilding firm, and he he had such a bad time of it when his hero fell that he had to be carried off the job site. He could not get up. He was laying down in the ship in the bowels of this ship among the pipes. He was found there, not really passed out, just unable to move. And, you know, that just goes to show you've got too much stock in an individual. And I, you know, I, the very first that the, the other day I mentioned a church that I went into that when, when we were on our way there, me and another friend, we're both new Christians. We said, oh, maybe they meet in this bus because the bus had the name of the church on the side. And uh, it wasn't in the bus, but we were so excited about that church. We went to church, and when the preacher was done preaching, we just sat drained in the in the pew, thinking that I've, we've never heard preaching that says, "Thus saith the Lord," that that talked about God like that. And it, it you know, other people would say, "Yeah, it's a good day. I think we're going to go to a restaurant." We we think we talk to each other like how can these people talk about life you know just you know the ball game or something we're sitting here drained after the preaching of god's word and conviction but you know it turned out <clears throat> that preacher fell and when that preacher fell i was away at college secular college in philadelphia near philadelphia at westchester university but while i was at college i heard that the church when they found out that the man had ran off with the secretary that they got together and said, what are we going to do? This very gifted preacher. I mean, this preacher was, was on his way to the pro ball leagues, pro baseball league, and he surrendered to the mission, to the ministry. But, you know, the church said, you know what, no matter how gifted he was and how blessed we were, we don't serve the preacher. We don't follow man. We follow God. We're going to keep going. And they did. And I came home from college and I found that church in revival and uh, one of the preacher boys, I mean, he was probably 28 years old, had picked up the reins and was holding it together. And man, it was on fire. People were getting saved. And that's the way it ought to be. And uh, tragically, it's not always that way. And people don't survive because of the uh, respective persons. 
Yeah, no, and that's a great example. And and sadly, I've seen that several times in my life. And in some cases, I've seen churches close down because they can't find that same uh, person, that same strong will, beat the pulpit, uh, you do what I'm telling you to do. And not that there's anything wrong with anybody beating the pulpit. Uh, again, this is one of those hard subjects that we told you yesterday, boy, if you're in that church that's doing these things, you're in the right place. And um, Jesus said unto him, thou shalt love thy Lord, thy God, with all thy heart and all thy soul and all thy mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And, um, and, and the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as themselves. I think it's really important that we change this around about respecting men and say, number one in our life, number one as a Christian, number one thing we have to do is we need to love God with all our heart, with all our mind and all our soul. And, um, if we do that, Boy, those other things get dim, don't they? And then we find those people. And Kevin, they're everywhere. There's good churches everywhere. You know, I live in an area, there's probably 20 good churches within 20 minutes from where I'm sitting right now. And mm. and and I know folks, I, I and I'll tell you, many of you, I bet you most of you are in a really good church right now. But sometimes, right, Kevin, the devil wants us to think that, man, this isn't the right place for us. I mean, how many of us, have had allowed the devil to mess with us. Have you ever thought about that, Kevin, how the devil can say, man, you really don't want to go there. There's a bigger church just 20 minutes down the road. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, the exact thing happened, just what you're describing <clears throat> there, Doug, the church that the, the young preacher picked up the reins and, uh, you know, the, the preacher before that, <clears throat> excuse me, had fallen into sin excuse me, and uh, long story short, when that uh, preacher took over, the church started to have some struggles. And another church uh, in another town uh, in Middletown, Pennsylvania, down near Three Mile Island, I grew up in the Harrisburg area, and um, Three Mile Island had a you know partial meltdown about that time, not long before that. So the, the church that was really kind of starting to take off had a great youth group, excuse me, I was about 18, 19 years old, had a great youth group. And it was, um, their motto was our church puts a glow in your soul <laughs> because of the uh, nuclear meltdown. And uh, of course they had extra limbs down at that church, but it was, <laughs> uh, it was, it was, and that was a good church. But I remember telling my preacher, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm going to go down, uh, they, they got some kind of street ministry going on Sunday or Saturday. I think I'm going to go there and help them. And the pastor's like, well, you know, we need help here getting the word out about a revival coming. And I remember being kind of crestfallen because I thought, oh man, so he doesn't want me to go serve God down there. And he's going to, because I said that he's going to have me instead go passing out flyers here. And, uh, but you know what? I, I said, it's not my call. And, you know, he's the guy in charge here and he's not abusing God's word. He's not abusing me. And it's any question I had was really between him and God. And so I went out passing out flyers from my own church and let the other church go. And, you know, I led three people to Christ, uh, that day, that morning, that opportunity, I went out as a young believer. I, I in fact, I, I clearly remember seeing some teenagers on bicycles and the Holy Spirit said, you go talk to them. And I went and talked to them and they listened with riveted attention. 
God was all over that thing. And I said, how many of you guys want to get saved? And one of them took off on his bike. Three of them sat there and, uh, and man, they had conviction written on them and, uh, two of them came to church the next day. So, uh, I just, you know, I, I, there's, it's the grass always seems greener and, and it's, it seems like, uh, you know, another relationship, another church, another body is, you know, just uh, let me be a transplant, but I'm reminded that a transplanted plant does not, if you transplant it over and over, it will die because it does not get a root system. The root hairs don't develop and these tumbleweed Christians don't extract uh, nutrition from any church because they don't stay long enough. And I, I praise God. I, I bloomed where I was planted there. And I think that's God's will. If it's a good church and preaching the word, yeah, we need to resist that temptation to run off. Yeah. And, and, and folks, it really does come down to the gold. The shininess. Remember the temple, Diana, and uh, you know it was so gold. They'd tell you when you walk in the door, watch your eyes. You know they had mm-hmm. polished up the gold every day, and that temple did not serve God. You know yeah. it's not about the building. It's not about the structure. It's about the assembly, and you get to be part of that. What well, was your hope? This helped you. And tomorrow we're going to be popping into what does God expect from us as we continue this narcissistic journey. God bless you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, Understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.